What's up, guys? Sabbatical teaching episode six. Always a challenge to get these things in with family. I had my little kids blast through the door, had to restart, and then my older kids come shooting up the basement yelling and screaming. So I can't guarantee there won't be some background noise as I told you in previous episodes, but I did want to jump on here, make this episode, and I'm naming this episode, Does God Always Heal? And this episode actually was inspired by the message that I had preached this last Sunday at Agape Center called Theology or Experience. And I actually preached out of the book of Job, and I preached on the book of Job. Actually, is the first time I've done that in five years being a pastor. I've, I've utilized Job and passages from Job in regards to like some supporting um, scripture for messages that I was that I've preached before, but never have gone into the book in regards to teaching the book. So giving context, going through verse by verse, or even summarizing um, the parts of the Bible or parts of the book as well. So much in that book, so many chapters. Um, if you, I can even put the link to the message in this um, episode. I spoke for an hour, which isn't uncommon. I mean, if I go under forty minutes, I mean, people would call that a miracle in itself. Um, but it it just it's so much to the message. But I I like to, I guess, utilize and and speak about the the primary emphasis of what one pulls from the book of Job, and that is really just the sovereignty of God and understanding. And making sure that we are understanding and identifying where our theology, which means our, our knowledge of God of the Bible, is at. And, you know, we develop our own um, theologies when it comes to God sometimes. But where we all need to be and place ourselves as Christians is the God of the Bible is the holy God of all. He is the creator of all. Um, he is a good God. He's merciful. He is um, wrathful. He is perfect in all of his ways. His ways are higher than, I mean, the book of Job just screams this. And this is where, in asking the body on Sunday, does your theology of him trump your experiences or do your experiences trump your theology? And you can see a lot of people today struggling with believing in God because of what you read in the book of Job. Um, things happening to Job, really to Job's knowledge for no apparent reason, we know in the interaction between God and the devil that the devil is charging God and saying, you know, Job's only living this way. He's only, you know, fearing you and shunning evil because you've put this hedge of protection around him. You've provided him with all these blessings. Um, remove those things and what do you really have? And God, of course, okay, we'll do that. And he basically, in his sovereignty, removes his hand from Job's life, allowing the devil, the devil to do what the devil is seeking out to do. Job still is remaining faithful to God. Job then, or Satan then goes to God, you know what? People can be faithful for this and all that when it comes to other people, but when it comes to themselves, skin for skin, God once again removes his hand um, from Job. When it comes to his health, this infliction comes over Job with sores from the, the heels of his feet to the crown of his head. He is scraping his his sores with broken pottery to the point where his wife even comes to him and questions him and says, you're still holding fast to your integrity. Job, it would be better for you to curse God and die than to be where you're at right now. They've lost everything, lost their kids, um, and now he's inflicted with this, this, these, this health issue, which is horrific when you read about it. And the devil said to God, you know, God, you know, Job, will, he'll surely curse you to your face. So you can actually hear the devil's voice through his wife. And I can, I can go on and on. I mean, you see the friends coming in, which I'll even elaborate on that. The three friends, you see this, this character in Elihu, 
in chapter 32 that comes in. He's been listening to the interactions, the back and forth, all that stuff. But the book of Job really just speaks about God's sovereignty, okay? About how we need to, as Christians, come to a place in understanding and knowing that God either, he, he imposes or disposes of things to take place and happen. His hand is on something or either lifted off something. Things do not come into existence in any shape, way, or form unless God allows it to be. We have to put ourselves there as Christians. If we don't, we will run into these theological crises, as I call them, which I myself had ran into because I, for a while, used to believe that God always healed, that his will for my life was to always physically heal me. And I used scripture to defend this, which, you know, once again, I feel like the, the people that, that hold fast to this doctrine and this belief are, are in, under the belief that that's what they're doing. Um, but this is a, a topic that is really heavily disputed in the church. It's brought about a lot of hurt and divisiveness in the church as well, universally and even locally. Um, um, relationships have been um, sadly you know, tarnished or hurt because one person believes one thing and another person believes another. Um, and and that's not good. That you know, at the end of the day, that is not what we are called to be as a, as Christians, as brothers and sisters in the faith. That you know, we have to be able in, in maturity to come to one another and speak to one another about certain things that we believe. And if if there's nothing that can come to, if there's no reconciliation, I guess that can come of that. Um, we we need to then learn how to agree to disagree. Um, but I, I'm making this episode in regards to my position and belief that. God does not always heal us physically, nor do I believe that his will for our life is to always heal us physically. And I think you will find throughout the entire Bible that there are numerous places and passages to support that. But also, once again, going back to the sovereignty of God and that being the place that we park our foundation, um, that he is creator and that we are creature. It's again, an emphasis that I put in the message on Sunday. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a layout of what I have compiled and why I feel like, even from my own personal experience, that people develop this notion that God's will is to always heal us physically. Um, when you And I'm actually going to use my phone here to, to pull up scripture. Um, when you look at the word, I feel like what I hear from most people is, is that they look at the signs and wonders that Jesus Christ performed in his earthly ministry and they see all the healings and, and all the things. He's giving blind people sight and all that. They, they see those things and they will use a scripture like Romans 8.11, which I will go to here. I apologize for any background noise. I'm going to read out of the NIV. Um, go ESV, NIV sometimes, but this gives you the gist of it. And it says here, Romans 8.11, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. I've heard of, of prominent preachers and teachers using this passage as a, as a defense to go, you know, Jesus did these things, these, these signs and wonders on, during his earthly ministry. You now have that same spirit living in you. You, therefore, not only can do these things, but you yourself can seek healing for yourself and God will heal you. Now, of course, there's a conflict that comes in because then the question of faith will even come up. We go back to Job and what he dealt with with his three friends, right? This is kind of the game that they played. You know, Obviously, Job must have been sinning or he was doing something wrong to have all of these horrific things take place to him and happen. And the fact that he wasn't seeing any kind of 
um, resolve from it. He he obviously wasn't repenting enough. He wasn't. He was he was hiding something from God. And this is what I refer to as kind of a spiritual abuse, a spiritual burden, because it even says in Job that God can do things without reason. And what Job even says to his wife after she says, you know, you need to curse God and die. He says, are we not going to accept trouble from God or are we just going to accept good? And when you read accept trouble from God, that can be very contradicting to what many people believe when they think of a good, loving God. Why would a God that's good and loving give us trouble? Once again, when you look and fast forward into Job and you look at this character Elihu, he says, I believe it's 3626, that God's ways are perfect. That is the truth where our faith needs to rest. That is the place where Christian's theology needs to be, okay? That God uses every situation in our life, all things, for those who love him, good, bad, major, minor, for our good and his glory. And that there is a plan that God is working and interweaving the things that we go through in this fallen world. And that's that's biblical. We have to understand that. Not everything is of the devil, okay? Not everything is. And we sit there and people want to attribute sometimes physical ailments and stuff like that to these demonic attacks and all. We live in a fallen world where there is disease, where there is death, where there is horrific things that take place. This is These are the fruits of the fall, okay? And there's also repercussions for sin that we learn and see in the Bible. But a lot of the times as well, the repercussions of sin, the punishment from sin is the fruit that comes from it. The circumstances that God uses for our good and his glory to bring us to our knees in judgment. We even read in Romans 2 that the wrath of God is being poured out. That's a wrath that's going on right now because the world is under his judgment. Because the world is living as such, especially here in the United States, where it is declaring evil things good, right? Things that are dark, they're considering light. Things that are lies, they're considering truth. God's judging us for that. And we have to look at the word and, and, and understand that. But in regards to Romans 8, 11, as I just read, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit that lives in you. This is not speaking about the Holy Spirit in you and allowing you to always be healed when you're hurt. Because if you did that, or if you were under disease or affliction, because if you believe that, you'd be putting a lot of emphasis in this fallen world, okay? Our bodies fail. This passage is making reference to the day that Jesus Christ comes to claim his bride, that we will be resurrected in glory, okay? That our, our bodies will be made brand new. So in regards to does God always heal? He does either on this side or etern- on the other side of eternity. We will be given brand new bodies, okay? That's what this passage is speaking about. It is not speaking about our ability to claim healing over ourselves because the same spirit that Jesus used to perform these signs and wonders that's in us can, can allow us to utilize that as well. And I just want to give you guys three, three reasons here, and there's probably more that people can think of on why Jesus Christ performed these signs and wonders. First and foremost, he did it to show that he was the prophesied Messiah. And when you look at passages like, I'll go to Isaiah, which is, of course, um, the very significant when you look at prophetic things regarding Messiah, as Isaiah twenty nine eighteen says, In that day the deaf will hear the words of the scroll, and out of the gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind will see. Speaking of the Messiah and the miracles that the Messiah will be able to perform. And then we can also go to Isaiah 35, 5, which says, once again, NIV, 
then the eyes of the blind will be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. So, once again, speaking about why Jesus performed these signs and wonders. And one of the things that I, I like to point out as well that I learned is, is that when we even look in the Bible and we look in the New Testament and the Greek that's used, very seldomly, if any, is the word miracle actually used. A lot of the times the word signs and wonders are used. Now, we, we look at it as miracles because it's outside of the super or outside of the natural but we have to look at the word signs and wonders because these are what were used to supplement the message that Jesus Christ was bringing, right? It says in the word, right, that I came to preach and teach. I believe he says that in the book of John. But the, authentica the authentication of what he was speaking was brought about through the signs and wonders that he performed. The significance of his ministry, okay? You look at the word significance. You can look at the word sign. He was showing who he was, who he's claiming to be. And there's a lot of people back then, guys, that were coming up saying that they were the Messiah. Jesus knew this. So by him coming up and performing these signs and wonders, it was basically just taking the message that he was preaching and teaching and giving it um, authenticity. So second reason that we look at why he performed these signs and wonders to show that he is the son of God. Um, that's critical. And we look at John, the book of John is laid out with miracles. And the primary purpose of the gospel of John is to show Christ's deity to show that he is God. So if we look at John, I believe it is 1411, it says, believe in me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. Speaking of the works that he's doing and the works that he's performing, he's also speaking about in the beginning of the verse here, the hypostatic union between him and, and the Father, this perfect um, unity between them. They are the same, that you know, that it's speaking even of the Trinity here, the Holy Spirit, the Son, and the Father, right? That just perfectly unified. Um, I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. Jesus is performing these signs and wonders to show that he is the Son of God, to show that he is God. And of course, you can also look at the third reason. Does these signs and wonders to also show us what the kingdom of God looks like? And what does that mean? Well, we go back once again to Romans um, Roman 8, Romans 8, 11, right? Speaking about the resurrection when Jesus comes back to claim his bride. But what does the new earth look like? What does the new king, what does God's kingdom look like? Well, Revelation 21, 4, right? Says, and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Jesus is performing these signs and wonders to show us what the kingdom of God looks like, what the new earth will look like. It's not saying that these things are going to be wiped away on this side of eternity. These things will be present. Death, disease, and all those things will be present. And in saying that, am I, am I saying that we shouldn't pray for healing? No. You, you can ask your father for these good things. You can ask him for healing. But your faith needs to lie in his ways being perfect is Elihu says in the book of Job, even if you don't know why. And one of the things that I spoke on on Sunday was, is that it isn't so much that we need to trust in God when we don't understand, but we need to trust in God because we need to come to this place of understanding that we can't understand. We can't understand God's ways, but we can trust in him still. Okay. And I do want to just pull one more thing out here. Exodus 4.11. And there are so many passages in the Bible that really speak about God's sovereignty um, and, and his ways and all that. But Exodus 4.11 is one that we can look at where God is speaking about just things that he does. 
things that he brings about because he is God. And when people are about God being about healing, that can come to a contradiction when you look at passages like Exodus 4.11, which states, The Lord said to them, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Okay. Is it not I, the Lord? This is theology 101. Read Genesis 1. Read um, Job 32 through 37, where Elihu is given theology. Read um, God's response to Job in regard the latter part of, of Job. That's theology 101. Exodus 411 here. This is God's sovereignty speaking to us that we have to put ourselves in a place as Christians to know and, and understand that there's peace in knowing that the God that ordains all things to come into existence, good or bad, okay? And you can read throughout the Bible and find these texts, okay? That in trusting in him, that even in the bad things that take place, then in essence, they're good because God works them out for our good and his glory. And that we can trust in him in the midst of those times. Like that is peace, isn't it? Like, isn't that peace? It can be burdensome to sit there and pray to God for healing, expect healing to come because you feel like God's will is to do that, is to always heal and not to have it happen. How do people reconcile that? Well, they reconcile it by either thinking they don't have enough faith. They reconcile it by telling other people that they don't have enough faith, or maybe there's something going on in their life that's preventing them from being healed. Once again, I'm not completely contrad or I'm not completely disputing some of those things because we do read in the Bible, especially during times of, of communion, that if our hearts aren't in a proper place when we accept the Lord's Supper, when we accept the bread and accept the wine, there's people that are actually sick and dying because of that. So th there is truth to that. However, when it comes to God's sovereignty, you read through the book of Job, you read throughout other Old Testament scriptures, and when we come to this place to understand and see, especially even understanding proper context in the new when it comes to Jesus' ministry, okay, and the signs and wonders that he performed. This wasn't for us to take on and to go, okay, we can do these things and claim that over ourselves. This is to show us why Jesus was doing what he was doing and who he was claiming to be, often showing authenticity to the ministry that he was bringing about in his earthly ministry. Amen. So hopefully this makes sense to you guys. Like I said, I'll post the uh, the message for Job that we preached at Agape Center in the description here. But um, no, hopefully this is edifying to you. Hopefully it gets you thinking about some things as well. Maybe there's been some confusion over you. Maybe you're going through something right now physically um, and, and or someone else you know is and you've been praying for healing and healing's not coming. I sit here and I petition you and I beg you, just trust in the Lord and his perfect ways. Um, he'll give you peace even in the midst of of that trouble. He'll, he'll give you rest in the midst of that trouble. Um, he'll preserve you and he'll, he'll keep you moving um, in a steadfast manner as well. But you have to come to him in that submission. Um, and, and I'll close with this. We even see when Job is going through what he's going through, he just loses his kids and all of his possessions. Um, he tears his robe. He sprinkles dust on his head. He laments, but he still worships the Lord. But Job shows this real, this real human nature about himself. Sometimes we're just not going to be okay. And as Christians, it's okay to not be okay because we put our faith and our rest in the one who is perfect, just, and good. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. God bless.